When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's get going. All right, uh, I'm going to move pretty quickly uh, because I'm going to review for two different quizzes. Uh, there's kind of a snafu with AP Classroom in that uh, some people have to download a, a lockdown browser or everybody has to download the lockdown browser. <coughs> and so some people are having trouble uh, with that. So I decided to go ahead and make it easy and I'll put a, a quiz on e-class also so you'll have two choices you can take the ap classroom one or you can take the e-class one they are different quizzes uh ap classroom does not let me transfer the questions from their question bank to other sources so i cannot uh just copy and paste the quiz so uh if you've already taken the ap classroom quiz and you don't like your score then you can take the e-class uh test or quiz and i'll just take the higher score all right so whatever whatever benefits you the most is what I'll put into the grade book when you're doing this stuff. All right. So I'm going to review for the AP classroom room first, uh, and then I'll switch gears and I'll review for the E class one since they are two different ones. All right. Everybody okay? I'm clear with that. You cut off there, but uh, I think you're asking if you can take them both. Yes, you can. OK, so feel free to take both these uh, if you want to. All righty. Uh, all right. So let's get rolling through the AP classroom. one. Uh, all right. So uh, and I am off Zoom, so I can't see your questions if you type in the chat. So unmute and ask if you have a question. Uh, all right. So first up, uh, amending the Constitution. Uh, just you need to remember uh, the process. So it comes from Article 5 of our Constitution, and it's either two-thirds vote from Congress or a national convention to kind of create, get the process rolling, uh, to approve of an amendment, and then the states take over uh, for ratifying and final approval with three-fourths of their state legislatures or three-fourths, uh, three excuse me, of a special ratifying convention. So uh, that is the process of amending the Constitution. It's what our FRQ was on. I've done first and seventh periods grades you can see those uh in ap classroom and in uh e-class third and second i'll get to y'all hopefully later today or this weekend uh all right next up is federalists versus anti-federalists so uh the big debate between these two was uh the constitution obviously uh and but more so how are we gonna how is this constitution gonna work and remember the federalists they were all for uh, the big central government, the big powerful government, whereas the anti-federalists were more for the state power. OK, they kind of liked they, they realized that the, the articles was weak and they needed to, to possibly make changes. But they wanted the states to keep the power with whatever new government they were going to, to create. Um, so that's the, the big deal there is basically who has the power and uh, is it going to be the strong central government? Or is it going to be strong state governments? Uh, Fed 10, so our discussion questions that you uh, wrote on, those are in the gradebook now also. I went through and graded those. Uh, just a side note, I was extremely lenient 
on your discussion. So if you uh, had a pulse and you wrote something, uh, you probably got credit for this first one just because I was being lenient. Please, uh, if you are questioning yourself, oh, I wonder if that was actually any good. It probably wasn't. And you need to improve for our next discussion. So be better. Okay. Uh, I will not be as lenient moving forward. Uh, anyways, so you get 1051 in Brutus. Alrighty. Uh, Fed 10. <coughs> Excuse me. Remember, this is all about factions. All right. Madison is talking about how factions are bound to happen. You just, you can't stop factions. For, and, you know, we were seeing it develop uh, during this time with the Federalists versus the Anti-Federalists. And then we get into to Washington's first, uh, you know, his first uh, cabinet. And the factions are created there. So he knows and he writes that they're going to happen. All right. Uh, but because we're going to be a large republic, we'll have a better chance of uh, controlling those those factions. All right. So the whole basis of Fed 10 is about the factions and the fact that um, our republic will be able to control them. Uh, the Articles of Confederation. Remember, uh, this was a very weak thing. Uh, it was our first government uh, and it couldn't do much of anything, really. All right. It was not able to raise taxes. So there was no revenue coming in because they could not collect taxes from the states. Uh, they could not raise an army. Uh, remember, there was uh, the one Congress and it took a nine out of 13 vote to get any kind of legislation passed. It took a 13 out of 13 vote to get the thing uh, completely changed. Uh, there was no control over uh, commerce. It was every state for themselves, basically. So just a lot of problems uh, with the whole Articles of Confederation experiment. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And uh, there are multiple questions about multiple topics. So like Fed 10 has a couple questions. The Federals and Anti-Federals have a couple questions. So um just keep that in mind. All right, Brutus, another discussion thing. I remember Brutus was the anti-federalist response to the Federalist Papers. And he really truly believed that uh, a strong central government was going to be too powerful and take away power from the citizens. Uh, he felt that things, items like the Supremacy Clause, the Necessary and Proper Clause, and things like that, which really expanded Congress's and the central government's powers, uh, he felt that this stuff was going to be, you know, make them too strong and too powerful. And so that's kind of what was at the heart of his writing. Checks and balances. Uh, we did a little bit with checks and balances. We tried to do a, uh, a little activity that didn't, it kind of fell on its face, but that's okay. Uh, we're all just working through digital stuff. Uh, but anyways, so checks and balances. Remember, this is the stuff uh, that is basically the watchdog function that each branch has over the other. All righty. Uh, and you will need to know some examples of checks and balances. So reference that PowerPoint. I'm pretty sure I put the PowerPoint that we did the activity on. Uh, or, you know, you can go back and look through uh, for some checks and balances. But items like vetoing uh, the president has on Congress, uh, declaring stuff unconstitutional, uh, the ability to impeach. Uh, so just have an idea of what some scenarios would be as far as checks and balances go. And there are multiple questions about those checks and balances. Um, now, I do want to explain a type of question. There will be questions on the on the AP classroom quiz where you have to um, kind of there's some tables. Basically, each each answer might be a table with different uh, answers in them. And you got to pick the correct table row, uh, line that has the, the correct answers that match up. Kind of it's um, 
it's kind of a weird type of question, but I think once you see it, I'm probably I'm, I'm probably doing a very poor job of explaining it. It's not as confusing as I'm probably doing it. I'm not doing it justice, but uh, just so you know, if you see some table questions uh, or some column questions or whatever you want to call it, uh, that's what they are. All right. Uh, so the Constitution was created in response to the Articles of Confederation. So it was supposed to do some of the things that uh, the Articles could not. So, for example, and on the, the quiz, you'll need to know, hey, what did the Constitution do that the Articles couldn't? So the Articles could not tax, remember, and the Constitution provides for the federal government to tax. Right? Uh, cannot raise an army. Constitution says, hey, Congress can do that. They can raise an army. Uh, so just, you know. You don't have to go back and, and pour over the articles versus the Constitution to make comparisons. But just so you're aware, uh, you will have to be able to uh, know, hey, the Constitution did this. That's what's the, and it did this because the articles did not do that. Uh, the compromises at the convention. I uh, remember there was three you needed to know. The Great Compromise or the Connecticut Compromise. I hate the Connecticut Compromise. It's always going to be the Great Compromise to me in my heart. So that's what I'm always going to call it. But on AP Classroom, they do call it the Connecticut Compromise with a the great in parentheses. So it should be the other way around. Anyway, so that's the one that combined uh, the, the Virginia plan and the New Jersey plan and gave us the two houses of legislature versus the one, one based on population, and that's the House of Representatives, and then the other based on equality, and that is the Senate. All right. So that was that one. Uh, the three-fifths compromise. Remember, this was based on um, uh, it was based on representation in Congress and taxes, uh, how much states were going to pay. The South wanted the uh, slave population to count for representation purposes, but not for tax purposes. And then the North was the opposite. They wanted the slaves to count as population for tax purposes, but not representation. So they had to meet in the middle somewhere. And that's where the three-fifths compromise comes from. And then the last one was the commerce compromise. From this dealt with the slave trade. The South did not want the federal government to be able to regulate the slave trade. The North wanted the, the federal government to be able to regulate the slave trade. They decided upon, well, we'll wait 20 years. So uh, around 1808 is when the federal government was allowed to begin regulating the slave trade. This is all multiple choice, the quiz. Quizzes will always be multiple choice, at least on the AP Classroom. Um, if we take, if we're ever back together, all together again in class, my quizzes will be a mixture of uh, fill in the blanks, true, false, and uh, multiple choice. But online is gonna be mostly what you call it, multiple choice. Good question. Uh, all right, going back to like the second day, third day, uh, the elite and pluralist theories and uh, participatory democracy theories and all those kinds of things. Uh, just remember, you know, the elite theory, that means that there is a, a group, a select group of wealthy individuals or wealthy groups uh, that are running the country and making decisions for us. Pluralist theory, remember, this is going to be about all the groups that are out there and they kind of counteract each other and they kind of keep each other in check. Uh, we also talked about hyperpluralism, where all the groups are too powerful and the government cannot work because they're trying to keep everybody happy and they just can't do that. Uh, participatory democracy, and that's where, you know, there's a, we, me and you as citizens are taking a much more active role in the decision-making. Instead, you know, we have a representative democracy where we leave it to our representatives uh, to make decisions for us. Uh, okay, there are some questions uh, on some items that we did not go over, uh, and it's because of the formatting. So Fed 21 is on here. I've never mentioned Fed 21, but it's just a passage. 
from Fed 21 that you will look at and have to kind of interpret. So I'm not going to really go over it because it kind of defeats the purpose of uh, the quiz on AP Classroom, where you will get questions where, hey, this is something that we have not covered. Uh, this is a document that we did not cover. But all it is is reading the passage and then picking the correct answer. All right. So just keep that in mind. If you see, come to it and you're like, what the heck is this guy doing putting a, a Fed paper that we didn't go over on there? Uh, it's how the kind of the AP format is now where they're going to use stuff that we don't go over in class uh, for you to, to, pull, uh, to, to pull answers from just by reading it. So just keep that in mind. Uh, okay, next up is separation of powers. So once again, don't get separation of powers and uh, checks and balances mixed up. So separation of powers is just the fact we don't want one person, one group to have all the powers that the uh, that come with the, the branches of government. And so we have separated them. Now, this does create friction, remember. Okay, it does cause problems between the branches because of the checks and balances. So the president is heavily reliant on Congress to get anything done. All right. And so that causes problems because you know, the president can't just say, here's some legislation. I want to pass it. Or you know, if the president creates an executive order, it might force Congress's hand or they have to create new legislation or something along those lines. So it does create problems uh, between the president and the, uh, the legislative branch. Uh, the Supreme Court is kind of insulated from those different problems because they're not affected the same way that uh, the, the legislative branch and the executive branches, because they're not elected, they have lifetime terms, so they don't have a lot of the same concerns and worries that the executive and the legislative branch has. So most of the problems come from executive versus legislative branch. Not to say that there's not problems with the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, if a president puts a person on the, the Supreme Court and thinking, hey, they're going to vote this way forever, but then they change and they vote a different way, you know, that leads to problems even though the president can't really do much about it he can just be unhappy with them all right maybe mean memos or something uh to the person <clears throat> so um the uh way we appoint uh, the house of representatives remember it's based on population all right uh and so the more people you have in your state uh, the more people you're going to have. So California has the most people, so they have the most representation in the House. So in theory, they have the most power uh, in the House. There are a couple quotes on here. Once again, just like with Fed 21 that I mentioned earlier, it is going to go over. Uh, it's just going to be pulling information from the, the passage. You read it and then you, you, you go over, uh, then you answer the question that comes with it. OK, uh, Declaration of Independence. Uh, remember, this was written uh, as our breakup letter with England. And uh, it is, you know. Uh, Je Jefferson took from Locke uh, about the, the fact that we should you know, have uh, life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Jefferson wrote about and uh, sorry, someone was hollering outside the door. I got distracted for a minute. That's the, the weird part about having kids back in the, the building is you hear some weird noises outside your room sometimes. So sorry about that. Uh, anyways, though, so, you know, one of his big things within the Declaration of Independence you know, was the whole, uh, we want to have the, the smaller governments, the, the, the people, all right, are going to be what's supposed to drive the government, not the other way around. So uh, that was one of the big principles there. Impeachment. Uh, 
one of the things I kind of harped on because I don't want you to be confused out there in the real world. But impeachment, remember, that is where the House has said, hey, the president has done something wrong. Here are the, the charges we are bringing against them. Senate, you have a trial on this president. OK, so we've had it happen three times. Uh, Johnson, Clinton, now Trump. None of those people have been kicked out of office, though. So impeachment is not being kicked out. OK, so it is not being kicked out. I threw a Shays Rebellion question into the, the AP classroom just because it's always been there. Uh, I don't really see it anymore as that big of a deal, but uh, it still pops up as questions. So I threw it on there just uh, because uh, for old times sake. But remember, it's the, the incident that people point to as, hey, that article is a confederation sure is weak and uh, we need to create a new government. So uh, that's where that comes from. And uh, it was where Massachusetts farmers were rebelling. Uh, Massachusetts asked for help. The central government cannot provide help. And when they asked states to come help, nobody showed up. All right. And that is the AP classroom quiz. So uh, if you're planning on taking that and you're in the Zoom call, feel free to, to take off. Uh, if not, I'm going to now switch gears and go over the uh, E-class quiz that'll be on there. OK, so I'm going to go over the E-class quiz. Um, so. There we go. Uh, all right. So the E-class quiz will be a mixture of true-false questions, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, multiple choice questions. So there's, I think, five true-false questions and then uh, a bunch of uh, multiple choice questions. I'm not even sure the number because I just pulled this thing up today uh, because I was scrambling for, uh, you know, a, a, a quiz. I wasn't scrambling. I, have, I had a quiz ready, but I hadn't really looked at this thing because I was planning on just using the AP Classroom thing. So uh, I apologize if I'm not completely prepared for uh, the review for this thing. Uh, okay, so, you know, just a couple things to, to go through and go over with this thing. Uh, a lot of it is going to be similar to the uh, AP Classroom questions uh, in that the material is the same because it's all from chapters one and two. All right. Uh, so we've already gone over pluralist theory, uh, but just to remind you, if you're if you've skipped ahead or whatever, uh, that is where. Uh, the government is kind of it has factions involved in there. There's interest groups all over the place, uh, but they are uh, kept in check because there are so many of them. And so the government is not trying to keep every one of them happy. Um, they are they're trying to get the government to do things for them, but the government does not feel the need to really do that. OK, uh, Fed 10, remember, was all about uh, factions and the fact that our large republic is going to keep the factions and in check. So you know, kind of pluralist theory goes there with Fed 10 and then Fed 51. The other item that you had to read about and then discuss on the discussion boards. This was about the, the separation of powers, basically. OK, uh, checks and balances and those things and how uh, they will uh, keep each other in line, basically, uh, with with all those items. All right. Uh, Marbury versus Madison. This was the court case that gave us judicial review. Uh, it is something that, you know, it always pops up or seems to pop up on tests. Uh, it didn't. I don't remember. I don't know that it popped up last year because the test format got all jacked up with the, you know about that with the, the online only test and that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, it gave us judicial review. Uh, we have two types of uh, ways to distribute our electoral college votes. We talked about winner take all. That's where if you win 50.1% of the vote, you get all the electoral votes of a, of a uh, what you call it, of your state uh, versus proportional, which are only two states, and that's Nebraska and Maine. They will split theirs up. All right. Checks and balances. We've talked about a great deal 
uh, in class, we tried a little activity that didn't work out as well as I would like for it to, but, uh, you know, Hey, it, uh, that we made an attempt. Uh, but anyways, that's just the, the overwatch function that the, um, the branches have over each other. All right. Property is one of those things that, uh, was a hang up for the declaration of independence because, you know, Jefferson wanted to, um, uh, he had the, the life, liberty and Locke said property, but we wanted Jefferson decided to take that out because, uh, of the issues of slavery of the time. All right. Uh, elite and class theory. Remember that is goes along with pluralist theory and hyperpluralism and all those things. And that's just where a small group of wealthy people uh, are running the government. All right. Uh, minority rights. Okay. Once again, this is not a, a race or demographic thing. Remember this deals with just the party in charge versus the char party who lost. So, you know, the, the, with this election coming up, uh, the majority party is going to be whoever wins. They cannot just completely ignore the rights of the minority. Uh, government in and of itself, one of the first definitions we went over, uh, just remember that is the, basically the way we make public policies. Okay. There are the people that are kind of in charge and making policies, uh, linkage institutions. This is the, uh, this is how we, me and you get connected to our government. Remember, I think I've told you, you know, they're the, the a congressman's probably not going to take my, my call. Okay. Uh, so maybe instead I call up the media and get my viewpoint across to them or through them. All right. Uh, okay. The amendment process, uh, you have two ways to approve one. Uh, you can either have a, uh, Congress or a national convention and two thirds of them say yes to an, uh, an amendment. And once they have done that, then it goes to the states for ratifying and you have to get three fourths of the state legislatures or three fourths of state conventions to say yes. We typically just use Congress and the state legislatures because they are already there. Why call this whole convention uh, to, to, uh, to come travel and get together when we already have them in place? Pay special attention to that question too when you see it. Uh, let's see. Um, as far as electing the president, uh, remember the electoral college is who uh, does the, the picking of the president. Uh, the framers do not trust us to pick the president. All right. Uh, and then the president, once they are elected, uh, they get to appoint all kinds of people. Part of their power is picking Supreme Court justices, federal judges, uh, cabinet members and things like that. And it goes to the Senate for uh, approval. Okay. Sorry. Once again, I uh, was not really truly prepared for this. I'm sorry. I'm a little bit slow here. Uh, once again, you'll need to know some of the checks and balances, some, some specifics. There'll be some examples uh, on the quiz that you had to pull and say, Hey, that is a, an example of a, a check that the executive branch has over the uh, legislative branch, or that's something that the legislative branch has over the judicial branch uh, and things like that. And you can go back to the, the, we did a PowerPoint on it and then we did a little practice session. Okay. Um, Locke, uh, he's on here. You need to remember he was one of those philosophers that Jefferson really borrowed heavily from a uh, social contract guy, but most importantly, he was the whole natural rights thing. So life, liberty, he said property, we change it to pursuit of happiness. All right. Um, there's a good bit of check, uh, questions on the checks and balances as I'm looking at this thing. So you might want to, before you take this quiz, you might want to 
uh, go back and spend a little bit of time on that PowerPoint or since this is open book, open note, you can have the PowerPoint pulled up while you're doing it. OK, um, I'm not sure that the PowerPoint will give you all the answers, but I think it'll probably help you uh, with that. Uh, the compromises of the Constitutional Convention. Remember, uh, the big one was the Great Compromise or Connecticut Compromise. And that is going to uh, combine the Virginia and the New Jersey plans and give us a two house legislature, one based on population and one based on equality. Uh, Three-fifths compromise is going to solve the, the problem we had with the issue of how does the slave population count. And so the South wanted the, the slave population to count for representation purposes, but not for tax purposes. And then the North was the exact opposite. So they came up with a three-fifths compromise in which they said slaves will count as three-fifths. And then the, the commerce compromise, that's going to be the one that uh, allows the federal government 20 years before they can start regulating the slave trade. All right. Uh, Federalists papers. Remember, the anti-Federalist paper was Brutus. And so he uh, writes that. And remember, once again, uh, he is concerned about the power of the, the central government and does not want um, he wants the states to have the power. OK, that's the at the heart of it. And uh, his concern is that all these different agencies that are going to be out, all the different creations in the, in the federal government, so the legislative branch, the president, the judges and all that kind of stuff uh, could possibly, you know, uh, get power hungry, basically, and take advantage of that situation and become too powerful for the people. All right. Uh, and then the Federalists, remember, they were the ones that wanted to have the big, strong central government. And that's what they wrote about. And that was, you know, they were trying to convince the people, hey, this is a good thing. We should have, um, you know, a strong central government. Um, let's see some of the cases. Now, there were no cases on the AP classroom quiz, but there are some classes, uh, some some uh, court cases on the uh, other one. So you do need to know a couple of things uh, from the First Amendment. You've got Engel versus Vital and Wisconsin versus Yoder for religion. Engel versus Vital, that was the prayer and school case in the establishment clause um, where we're going to have separation of church and state. And then Wisconsin versus Yoder is the free exercise clause case where um, the state laws were deemed to be infringing upon the Amish's religious beliefs and values. All right. Um, the other one comes from the Fourth Amendment where the unlawful search and seizures and the exclusionary rule. So you need to be sure to know that one. Uh, that was Matt versus Ohio. It is not a required case. So, uh, but I teach it like it is just because I think it's important to understand that uh, the, the, the police cannot use illegally obtained evidence against you. All right. It'll be up to your lawyer to get it kicked out. All right. So I think that is all for that one. There's a lot of multiple questions. So like I said, checks and balances are hit pretty heavily on that quiz. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to stop recording and if you have any questions, 